0: Oh, yeah, I love pizza homework.
1: One, two, three,
2: go! So, welcome everyone. I see the little live thing on the corner over there. We are on episode 101, we believe. No, one two. 102. 102 of the Insert Credit Podcast. Uh, was there a 101? Did that not exist? There's yeah, a,
1: 101 there a 101 recorded.
2: So if so. I'm, like, really bad, like Vito was, then I won't get on the air. It'll be. started start at 103.
0: <laughs> that's right. Vito wasn't exactly the host.
1: Yeah, he so. was just another. He was the fourth. The chair.
0: idea was that there would be four of us and we would talk about stuff. How no, did like he exactly I'm have? The them. fourth
2: guy and Tim is actually the host of the whole program, just like it's always been.
3: Oh, no. Boom.
0: Yeah, that's basically. You've just, uh spoiled it the worst way
2: okay well i am Joel and like 15 years ago i made a uh, neo geo pocket website which is still my only claim to fame in the uh, video game scene <laughs> here so in all of the um, self-flating that will go on in this episode i can just get that right out of the way right there yeah so you, wait you
1: actually made this website he made it
2: in wow, I... uh in the uh, wordpad i think yeah wow what yeah. what 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 is the
1: name of the board software
2: i forget it was oh, I like think a, it's. It was a, well, it used to be the Inside the Web, which was like that free yeah. register for an account, yeah. And then it got upgraded to some Perl script, which is like still running to this oh. day, thanks to. Uh, I think got half in... my time. Yeah. <laughs> so, since you guys are actually active in the video game scene, some of you may have gone <laughs> to E3, is that correct?
3: Yeah, we went to E3. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, let's so just get this out of the way right off the bat. There's a lot of lingering questions from E3. The most important being, what was the best meal that you had in L.A. that week?
0: Oh, oh, oh God. Wow, that, that was a long meal. time ago, though.
3: It was a long time ago. I think that possibly the best meal that I had might have been at Masa of Echo Park. I had that uh, that deep dish pizza, and I think it was pretty yeah. good one. Um, we had two different ones and they were pretty good. So I'm, I'm going to have to say that pizza. No, is that like vegan
2: cheese?
0: Uh, no, no. First of all, first of all, first of all, nobody here is a vegan for God's sake. (laughs) Like seriously, like I'm not a vegan. Brandon's not a vegan. I'm actually like extremely sick of people being like, oh, so you're a vegan. Like, what do you eat? It's like, I'm not a vegan. I have never, ever in my life been a vegan. Like Ever. Except like when I'm at a vegan restaurant where everyone is technically a vegan. Why not eat there sometimes? Uh but no, like seriously, like it's not a oh, this, vegan yeah. restaurant. Okay. And I'm this, this of, reminds like,
2: me. Like, this reminds me. I do have the fish here, which is like the band hammer, so that when we get to these topics and they're going too long, we just raise the fish and we move on. But anyway, go on Tim, thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, go on with the fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, like I'm also tired of like I, I was uh I was in Japan last week, you know. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, and it's like, we got there so, so quick. Everybody knows what a vegan is in Japan now. So everyone's like, Oh, so you're a vegan? And I'm what like, No, do? I just don't eat meat. They're like, Oh, but you, but you eat fish. I'm like, No. Oh, so you're a vegan. It's like, No, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I just, I don't eat meat. And they're like, Oh, but you eat chicken. And I'm like, No. Oh, so you're a vegan. Uh, do you eat eggs? Yeah. Oh, so you're not a vegan. It's like, what? <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah, that Masa,
1: from what you've said before about, uh, the, the, the Japanese view of vegetarians, that does seem like positive progress to yeah, me. Yeah, they, uh, they have
0: positively progressed. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Brandon loves that pizza at Masa of Echo Park. And yeah, uh, I like It's it. pretty, it's, it's pretty alright. It's pretty good. It's good. I don't know, man. It's not as good as, uh, Chicago pizza in Chicago that I've had, and Brandon. Every single time we go there, Brandon's like, you know, I've never had Chicago pizza in Chicago. I wonder if it's any good. And yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, it's real good. But I know off the top of my god darn head that if Brandon ever ate it, he would say he likes masa better because he had it first. No, I, th- I just I've, know that. I've
3: actually, I've actually said that to you myself. That I exactly. I, I suspect that you. I will probably yeah. not like it as much because. I have I have tailored my taste toward liking this in, instead of liking no deep dish pizza. Yeah, so. you,
0: you have you you suspect it, you suspect it, which means that it's obviously going to happen. If you ever have Chicago style pizza in Chicago, it's it's like a complete certainty at this point that you're just not <laughs> going to like it as much as Massa of Echo Park. So I may as well Los just Angeles. not do it. You might as well not do it. Just I'm save it like, money. Like Frank,
2: how was your in lunch the- today?
0: <laughs> in the event you go to Chicago, I'm going to give you five pizzas to eat for homework, and you can maybe get two of them out of the way while you're there. But uh, you're just not going to like any of them. You know,
2: I, so. I
1: like Tim's pizza homework. It did me real well in uh, in New York, actually. So oh I, yeah, I, I love pizza Tim's homework. Pizza homework. Uh, but the, do you are you actually asking about my lunch today, or do you want to know my best meal at E3? Because I actually thought of one.
2: Well, whichever one's well, better. Both. Whichever one. Okay,
1: better. The, the better one was at E3.
2: Uh, yeah, okay, and it good. was at
1: one of about twelve places that claims to have invented the French dip sandwich. Oh right, uh, this one is called Coal. Kohl. Coles, um, so Coles. Is is just Coles. With it? Was it Coles?
0: Okay, yeah. I went Coles. Like got, like the store, like the department store. Right, yeah. or
1: or the the coffee shop on College Avenue in Oakland. There's just so yep. many Coles. Yeah, um, or the Nat King Coles. Um, <laughs> <that girl. laughs> I uh, can't stand so that guy. I, I got a. Uh, yeah, I got a, a a prime rib dip and uh and I think maybe some fries. But what I like best about Kohl's is what they call their atomic pickles. They make their own pickles with habanero and uh I got two I orders of those. of those. So that was my best meal. They Man, there's some other in there, huh? some other real good uh real
3: good pickles in Los Angeles at um uh that that Jewish deli that Cantors. I'm going on Canters, I of. I wanted you Cantors. to bring that up. Yeah, canters. Um, I love I love the pickles over there and the caniches and the pickles used to be free but now they come with a healthy Gnish. heaping of uh of uh, guilt and looks from the waitress. <laughs>
2: oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my best E3 meal was in 1999. It was the only E3 I went to, but uh, it was still really good. It was this place called Le Petite Marche, and it was uh, like a Japanese guy mm-hmm. in. A kitchen and there was like one front person and it was across from the celebrity center in uh north hollywood the scientology center mm, yeah and oh my god it was so good the uh just like broiled salmon i went back there a month later and it was gone so blasted yeah tragic okay so bad. moving on
0: you got owned
2: speaking of salmon yeah. we're gonna move on here
0: swimming up a river
2: that's right Uh this will t- right. take you quickly back to the Japan topic Tim so don't worry about this one Just thank god just bring thank it just bring it okay, bring it. It. okay Shenmue it. 3 the kickstarter oh, is done yeah thank we don't really god. give a crap about Shenmue 3 we just want to ridicule okay, you know yeah. okay go ahead
0: yeah, oh, keep going, keep going. What? What's yeah, just, you got. You, get, you want to? Finish? We want to
2: ridicule the people that have funded this, or that will play this, or are excited about it, or in any way. Okay, so. man,
0: man, man. So that that Kickstarter was live for like forty-five minutes before the original voice actor of Rio Hazuki, who we tracked down on the internet before he gets on. Uh, he's like, you know, like people are tweeting at him. Are you going to be in there? Are you going to be the role of Rio? And then it's like that wasn't you in the trailer, was it? And then he's like, no that wasn't me but, <laughs> uh, sega has yet to contact me and then like i sure hope they do and it's like that's the voice i can imagine this guy tweeting in because uh it's just so ballless so scrotumless. Do you think he so, has the uh,
1: weird pauses in his typing when he's typing his tweets yeah well, i would imagine that's the cadence
0: i think of the he tweet. does actually so so he uh he like eventually they reveal it as a stretch goal right and it's like, yeah, stretch goal. We're gonna get the original Rio Haski in there. It's like, man, why is that a stretch I don't want that goal? <laughs> well, exactly. I don't, I, I don't want that guy. It's like, more like a retch goal. Can we have a, oh. another stretch goal to get rid of him? Like there was the 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 Igarashi Kickstarter, uh, blood stained, uh, where it's like a stretch goal to get David Hater in there. It's like, could they put a further stretch goal on there to get rid of David Hater? <laughs> yeah. Like David Hater, I David hate him. You know, like the guy sucks. So, this man, they got this guy. Uh, he's, he's gonna be in Shenmue 3, like the, the original Ryo Like, that guy could not, like, act his way out of a bag made out of air. You know, like, yeah. like, he's so bad. And we played Shenmue 1, like, we played it on a stream. And God, that game is like, it's got heart, you know, like, and that's it. I can't well, wait, remember wait, wait, wait. Oh, if,
1: oh, okay. But I, 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 I want to so talk about bad. the voice acting in Shen Okay, good, 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 good. good. Let's, good. let's learn, learn about something it. Let's talk about, about it. it. Uh, but I line? can't remember if this is something that like someone told me in confidence or it's like out there. Uh, uh, who cares about confidence?
2: <laughs> we don't care if you go to jail. This is a good point.
1: I have no idea where I heard this, but the story as I remember it is that... Uh, is that uh, you Suzuki, uh, insisted on, on being present oh. for the English voice acting sessions. Usher is not uh, me, Suzuki?
0: Uh, Yu, Yu Suzuki. Oh, oh, yeah.
1: you Suzuki. why not, you? Not, yeah, you. He, not, not he, me. You. Not me. Oh, okay. Suzuki. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Different guy. Um, sure.
0: Not me, Suzuki. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. from what I understand, he insisted on being present for the sessions, but he also wouldn't travel.
0: Uh, oh. so
1: they had to find English voice actors in Japan. Interesting. Interesting. Uh that were also cheap, I think. Because there wasn't well, you know,
3: they they could fix that problem now because when I sure. had to voice direct a game full of uh Japanese creative directors, uh they just Skyped in while yeah. I directed the stuff. And then and and the best part of it was uh when, you know, I would have someone do a line again because they did it wrong and they would be like, Uh, can we just ask you a question? And I'm like, Yeah and they're like, uh can you tell us why you wanted to do that line again? <laughs> it it sounded so exciting and passionate. <laughs> like, well, it also sounded like no person talks, and that's kind of the reason. <laughs> uh, so that was. Oh God. That, that gave me a little window into how those games wound up that way because cause I could just imagine those folks being like, "Hmm, yes," but with more enthusiasm, and then yeah. they're, they're like, "Yes, come over here, and Yo like, Rio." <laughs>
2: I was going to oh, say, God, do you think yeah, you guys so- could track down the Fire Pro voice actors that did the little, like, two-second clips for the wrestler edit thing? Because they have the English ones, and they're like, die, you son of a bitch! And you know this kind of thing. <laughs> Uncredited, yeah. of course. Of course. But, oh, so- God,
0: Shenmue's voice acting is so bad. Oh, my God. There's this part where, like, we were we were streaming it, and we were howling at it. This was the day the Kickstarter was announced. We streamed uh, – first of all, we played Shenmue in 1080p sixty f p s uh, emulated uh it's beautiful uh, it's beautiful for the naturalistic level design based on real life areas, mm-hmm. but the game itself is the story is complete trash like it's just complete like like garbage can garbage. You know, like something you would find in a dumpster. Okay, so uh, let's it's, let's it's, get
2: to the question but, then.
0: But anyway, anyway, there's. There, I just want to say, I just want to <laughs> say this. There's this part where you walk up to a schoolgirl, and I remember it being funny when I first played it. But I was not prepared for the shrieks of laughter where Rio walks up to this girl, and it's like the first thing I wanted to do was, oh, there's a little schoolgirl over there. I'm going to go talk to her. I go up and I say, uh, he, Rio goes, "Excuse me," and she goes, "Ha!" <laughs> <laughs> Whoa!
1: Tim, just got <laughs> muted. Tim just shouted himself out of existence. <laughs>
2: wow.
3: Tim, you're 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 muted because of how loud you screamed. I think is what happened.
0: <laughs> what the
2: heck? I oh, got from his own. This is I don't need your I help.
0: Do. I don't need your help. Google Hangouts. Okay, I'll do it in a quieter voice. She goes, <laughs> huh, schoolboy? I'm gonna slap you, you pansy. <laughs> she says pansy like that, pansy, and then you talk to her again, and she goes, "What?" <laughs> and like she just like looks at you, just like this this little girl, like looking at you and screaming, and like that weird sort of semi-Irish accent. You pansy. With kind of
2: gaping mouse. And I remember yeah. her. Like I remember I'm her threatening you.
0: pansy.
1: Doesn't she like tend that? to
2: cut you too? Like I, <laughs> I'm going to c- remember. Whoa! (laughs) So the question remains: This Kickstarter was backed by sixty-nine thousand people who pledged Ah, a total of six point three. Well, this this is the real tragedy. It was six thousand three hundred and thirty-three. Or excuse me, six million three hundred thirty-three thousand two hundred and ninety-five dollars. They couldn't have just bumped that up to like an even six point three 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 million, like that. Yeah, that would have been great. That would yes. have at least been an accomplishment, but of those 69,000 people, 67 will <laughs> actually receive a product of some kind. The others were just good souls, I guess.
0: Just yeah. donating money. So the,
2: average, the average individual paid $94 for their wow. copy of Shenmue 3, which, which is actually not that far out of whack from Bloodstained, which seems like you know a more popular appeal kind of a product. That came out yeah. to 86 per person. Okay, But the question is, first of all, what kind of screwed up individual pays $96, excuse me, $94 for their Shenmue 3? And there are 67,000 of these people. How many more copies can this game actually sell, or
0: is that it? So I was looking on, uh like, comments on the Kickstarter and, like, comments on YouTube videos and stuff. And it's insane how many people are, like... Oh, I donated to this, can't wait for it. Never played the originals, finally getting around to it. I'm like, what? You've just, the, the name of this game has just been whispered so many times that yeah. there's like 14 year olds, uh, donating their entire their 6 months worth of allowance for a game that is a sequel to a game they've never played but they'll be able to play Shenmu 3 in like 3 years is it 3 years no it's
1: a se- it's a sequel to a sequel that nobody played to a game that some people
0: played yeah that uh, to a game that some <laughs> people played that's some some future-
2: 1.2 million according to uh who was the chief of Sega at that time
0: Bernie Stolar Batman
2: I wish it was Stolar no it was oh, uh, the other guy
0: I met Bernie Stolar once
2: did you uh, yeah, Tell Moore? us about Bernie Stolar. Uh, Wait, I want to. I want to uh, tell my Bernie Stolar story. Yeah, yeah, Please ahead. tell,
1: tell your Bernie, Bernie Stolar story. Uh, I, I met Bernie Stolar at at a classic gaming expo in Vegas. I want to say it was like 2002. It was like right after Sega. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I recognized his name. I was like, "Oh, you were at Sega." And 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 uh, we were talking about you know his, his his dev stuff he might still have, and he was talking about all the the alphas he kept, which is great. But. uh uh, he kept trying. He was working for Malibu Comics at the time. Oh, God. <laughs> Malibu, <laughs> and and he was telling me about like the six Malibu Comics movies that were coming out in the next year. Nice. And, oh, I I remember and, the
2: Bloodshot movie. Was that him? Bloodshot? Uh, was that was Bloodshot Malibu? What is Bloodshot? I don't what is, what is, I don't Malibu I don't know. was Light like Fighter. Malibu
1: was like Prime and and Sludge. Uh, I don't oh, I remember. so it was—it
2: was like the third tier knockoffs of like LaFell stuff, right? Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the the knockoff of Image,
2: like after Image came out. The knockoff uh, of the knockoff of Marvel. So right. Uh,
1: anyway, so I'm still waiting for his his Malibu movies. I can't wait.
2: Oh, I can't wait.
0: So my Bernie Stolar ed- story uh, is I met him in uh, 2002, I think it was at the Classic Gaming Expo in Vegas. <laughs> and uh you know i was talking to him about this was like right after sega so i was talking to him about uh-huh. uh you know the games he'd been working on the alphas he'd kept and stuff and it was great oh, yeah. but he was working with malibu comics at the time and wow. oh man i had it i had it going word for word and I'm, i lost it i'm sorry you lost it all yeah, i'm sorry frank i was gonna try to repeat your story word for word that wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Malibu Comics at the time. He was talking about the 6 Malibu Comics movies that were coming out in the next year.
3: Uh <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah,
0: there we go. Okay, uh,
3: no. uh but but who bought these things? Um I would say as a person who has sometimes tweeted things about Yu Suzuki with pictures of him attached. Wait, me Suzuki? Those The yeah, Yu Suzuki. Oh, okay. Uh those <laughs> those uh <laughs> those those people have a an aggressive Save Shenmue campaign and will just oh, retweet certainly. anything and everything. And they talk yeah. all the time. So they're, they're definitely, you know, at least half of
1: those people are in there. Um, so uh, I'm not annoyed at them. I'm not annoyed at, at the enthusiasm for this game. I mean, people like what they like, or at least think they like, right? Because I don't yeah. think most of these people actually like Shenmue. Nobody really um,
0: likes anything. I, no, I, I'm, I'm going to tell true. you what, I love Shenmue. And I yeah. don't like Shenmue at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, same, same. Well, I, I agree. Like, yeah, yeah. I love it, and it's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, but it, it's but horrible. what
1: what irritates me the most is is this campaign's contribution to uh, what people think video games cost to make. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's actually really bad that that they would. It's, ir- you know, it's irresponsible. Like, it's very irresponsible, and, and and it's weird that people would, you know, like, people were freaking out when they found out, wait, Sony's already contributed money to this, what?
0: Why like, do we have it, I, to pay for it?
1: I thought Adam Boyes was just bringing him on stage as a friend. I, like, at E3, <laughs> I didn't think E3, I didn't think uh, Sony had anything to do with this, this is messed up, but, like... The first Shenmue cost what, like seventy million? Is that is that the estimate? It's like an
0: unreported amount of money. Yeah, but it's I think think it it was originally
2: forty-seven and seventy, depending on how they break it down. Forty-seven
0: million is the most quoted figure, and I tracked it down. That's was Sega's official statement. But as we all know, forty-seven is the liar's number. Forty-seven is the most often pulled out number because it's a prime. It's the magic number. It's the liar's number. It's the, it, you know, it's, it's a bad number. So it's, also, I know you're I,
2: into prime numbers and stuff, but is it not just like a, a number that sounds bad? Like wouldn't, if you're going to lie, wouldn't you just, you know, say like 40, well, I don't want to say 50 cause that's too, that's too round.
0: Exactly. So 40, 47, actually, this is in all seriousness comes out a lot as a fake number. It's a very mm-hmm. often fudgy number. So there's that. But well, uh, anyway, also... point
1: being that he, he barely could make a game for 40 million back then when he was like at a studio, uh, at a, at a, at a, a well, like a studio with a ton of employees who ship games all the time, uh-huh. right? Okay. So like, I, do we trust, and I love you Suzuki, I, I really Wait, admire name's Wait, my name's work. not, my su- name's not <laughs> Suzuki. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I really admire Suzuki, Me, Suzuki, I love you. Um, but, do we actually think that, that you Suzuki, who hasn't shipped a game at, uh, what, since Shenmue 2? Well, he, no, he we, has, but very okay. tiny ones.
3: But Frank, yeah. I, I have to ask you a question. Haven't yeah. you heard of Unity? It oh. makes all game development very easy now. No, but I, he's I doing, actually, he's doing
1: it in Unreal, though. But, I act- to your oh, point. I,
3: I recently, um, I, w- I was reading a comment where, cause I was reading a bunch of stuff about PlayStation Mobile shutting down for obvious reasons, and, um, and this one guy was like, classic Sony. They had the Vita going great because they had PlayStation Mobile with Unity inside it, which meant developers could make games. But now they've ruined it all. <laughs> I just love the idea that you, this guy envisioned Unity as a thing that was inside of a Vita yeah. that made things easy for developers to make video games. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, it, that it, not, it, is
2: that not true? <laughs>
3: No, it is true. It is true. Okay, okay. but I just, just uh, it. you know it, it bothered me that he figured it out. That's all.
2: Well, yeah. how stupid was Square for not making Final Fantasy VII a Kickstarter?
0: Yeah, uh, they would never. They, could... they would. They would. Uh, they have too much pride. They do yeah, have the too th- much th- hubris. The
2: but how?
1: Well, much and also, would they have like, made? hang on. Like, like, is that stupid? I don't think that's stupid. I think it's really risky, even if you're a big company to go on Kickstarter, because you've now gone from like. A handful of investors to thousands of investors and you have to deal with that. And, and I don't, I don't think it's a magic bullet, uh, for a company. Yeah. That actually,
3: that that actually reminds me that I was the thing I was going to say earlier about these, these people that are backing it. They're all people that have already personal investment in Shenmue for some reason and want to have more. They want to be like, yes, I did make this happen. Uh, I think well, that's it, a big thing about Kickstarter in general.
0: Again. It's kind of the ultimate I made it happen sort of video game now that I think about yeah. it. It's yeah. It's the ultimate yeah. It was interesting
2: that before it hit the goal of 2 million which I who knows what that 2 million was supposed to cover but it was interesting yeah, that seriously. the highest tiered uh, rewards like the you know dinner and a drive in Yu Suzuki's Lamborghini or whatever Ferrari, excuse Ferrari, me. Ferrari, it's a Ferrari. Um, Haven't you ever played Outsiders? It's a Ferrari. Yes, I've played that
0: game. <laughs> Seriously.
2: No, I was thinking of F355 Challenge, but, um.
3: Which is a Ferrari.
0: Yes. Yes. That is a Ferrari. Yeah.
2: Those, those rewards what? went, like, immediately, like $10,000. There were numerous ones, and they were gone yeah. before it even hit the. That's goal. what I'm saying. Uh, taste So makers. these people are clearly bad people, so we just said A small down.
0: cluster of taste makers. Loved Shenmue, and it was they who whispered uh, unto the wind the name Shenmue, which got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people, which got all these fourteen-year-olds going, "Oh, oh, I backed it! I'm excited!" Do you know which startup in San Francisco they work at specifically, so
2: we could go interview them or something? Yeah, probably all. At- no, it's probably. I mean, the don a, a small.
1: Cluster. It's probably it's probably people like Mark Cerny or something. You know, like it's it, like it's Cerny probably like, friends of Suzuki.
3: Maybe. I could imagine, uh, Junk Boy doing it. Yeah. Um, From Mojang. That dude loves, uh, loves Ferraris and old video games. I I could see Notch doing it for sure.
0: Oh, of course. I like Ferraris. Yeah, what does it
2: matter
1: to Notch? Notch has a candy room.
0: He doesn't care about it. I was gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. So. He wouldn't have to pay.
2: According to Peter Moore, this thing sold 1.2. The original Shenmue, that is, it sold 1.2 million copies worldwide. Yeah, that's which I find okay. difficult to believe. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, 67,000 is a fraction of that. But can yeah. it actually sell any additional copies on release? I mean, and by the way, are we talking about
3: Steam sales? Because then yeah. maybe Steam sales, like day, yeah, for it'll like sell a 25 bunch. cents. Yeah,
2: and but the, the final question on this topic is: This game is supposed to come out. Bloodstained is supposed to come out in March in 2017. Yeah. Shenmue Uh 3, December. So we're looking at 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will Sony be in business by 2018? Will you be playing video games, or will you be scraping together, uh, oh, I don't know, gutter water to survive? Uh,
0: There will be some games. There will be a couple. Will there? I think. I don't know. <laughs> okay, gonna be, is, I mean, I might... Is anybody going to play it? I think Shenmue 3 is like a perfect opportunity for the, yeah, I backed this on Kickstarter. Like, there are so many games, Kickstarter games, that when they come out, people are like, oh, I backed that. Uh, uh, I remember backing this. Uh, I got it now. How many people actually play, like, any of those games? Like, a game gets Kickstarted yeah. if it looks cool, right? And then yeah. people... Yeah. They, they kickstart it and then it's like finishing the game is just a formality at that point. There are so many games on Kickstarter that look so cool that I can imagine when they come out, like them just, what is it even going to play like? Who cares? You pay money just to have a good time looking at this video. Like like, if you, if you back something on Kickstarter for like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars, do you go back to the Kickstarter page and like jerk off while watching the pitch video? Like over the course (laughs) of the next year or so? Is that, I think that's actually what it's for. You know? Actually,
2: there is one. There is one I actually do want to play. What is it? There the is one, one that I do jerk off to. There, <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> this is. what I thought you were going to Let's see it. What is it? <laughs> Spooky poos, uh what is it? Yeah, Happy Hell. Happy Hell. Oh, yeah. Happy Heck. Unfortunately. Yeah. Happy Heck, excuse me. Th- I hate to say that I've actually seen like what the guy's up to lately working on it. Looks like he's got a hell of a task ahead of him. I don't yeah. think this is going to turn out at all. I've played that game.
3: No, but I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to play whatever... It, that guy comes up with I just want to looks- say, uh,
0: that guy, uh, he watches all my streams when I play Assassin's Creed. So he's my buddy. Uh just wanna just give a shout out to Spooky Pooh.
2: It's like the kick started kick the kickstarters.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't even kick start your game, buddy. <laughs> oh man. But uh showed him keep hanging out. In my stream. But streams. to answer your
1: question, I played half of a game that I kick Which one was but- that?
0: Well, it was the one where only
1: half was available.
0: <laughs> was that was that broken age? Yeah, more like uh, broken, broken game. I
1: actually liked the first half, and then like the full thing came out, and I was like, "Oh, I should start over," so that I'm all caught up again. Did you not but play I the second really... half? No, I was I was I got bored about an hour into trying to start over. Oh, so I just, yeah. I'll That's never play it, I played
3: probably. one. I played one game uh, that I kickstarted. It's called the Unbreakable Chain, and I played it because I knew it was five minutes long. No, mm. that's and it sure was. The and it was, game right it was
0: there. It I, was
3: really, really weird.
0: I kickstarted Jason Rohrer's Diamond Trust of London, but only because the game was done, and I was paying yeah. for the game, not kickstarting its development. Isn't isn't that kind of like super hot? what do you mean
3: no superhot was not done superhot had yeah. like they had they had a good prototype that you yeah really good yeah. proof of concept concept but they weren't done and they're still working on it it's still not yeah, it's done still not okay
2: out. i guess i guess given the standards you could have fooled me so <laughs> i'm going to segue this to a topic that brandon you wrote an article about And that is, it's a very tenuous uh, segue, but the only project I would conceivably kickstart would be if somebody hyped up a, like a Fire Pro reunion where you got all the Fire Pro developers that are still alive and had them make a new one. But that doesn't seem too likely because uh, about a month ago, there was an interview with 4Gamer where they gathered them all together. I think it was the anniversary of uh, that Masuda guy's death. He was the head programmer of all the Fire Pro games and NES Pro Wrestling, stuff like that. And a lot of what they had to say was kind of depressing because they said, I wished I would have asked more questions and found out more about his programming approach and the way that he did things. Because apparently, they don't even know anymore.
1: Oh,
3: yeah.
2: So, um, similar situation with making a pseudo-3D driving game. You recently wrote an article about this.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: I tried reading the article, and to be honest, it completely bored me off my ass. So, what can you tell me right now?
3: Um, well, what I can tell you is that, uh, it's, it was really interesting, just like, <clears throat> I had to use a, uh, a text scripter, which was very difficult for me to actually wrap my head around. Um, and so, looking at that, and then imagining that all these guys had to make a game like, uh, Galaxy Force 2, by actually programming it, uh, just coding the location of everything, kind of blew my mind. But uh, the main things that I kind of gleaned while doing this were uh, perspective is uh, a, a really weird and interesting tool, and it can be your enemy or your friend. Like, sometimes the road will warp and stuff, and so I would have to put caves over it to hide it. Or we had some cows that were too small, um, because someone made them accurately sized instead of giant size like everything else. And so I had to hover them, uh, above the grass that they were in so that they could be seen. They're actually all floating 29 pixels off the ground. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was cool, but like I had to relearn all that stuff and it would be real nice if any of that was, was available. Um, I remember when, with the first programmer when we were trying to, make the game happen um we couldn't figure out how to get the turns right so <clears throat> we actually looked up the guy who coded streets i mean um road rash 2 and uh oh, wow. and i remember I, this yeah yeah and i called him up and i was like hey uh what did you do and he was like oh yeah i did this thing and that thing and there's just like that information is uh I mean, it's not necessary, but it would be nice if it were. If more of it were around, I guess that's what I had to say about that.
2: That that was going to be well, my follow up. Is is oh dear? By you know, like keeping the scene alive. I mean, is it, uh, is it actually doing that? I mean, would this information be lost to history if people didn't continue making these games? Well, the, well
1: the, a lot of the reason it's lost to history is because uh, we we don't share source code as, as an industry. So you know, branded could branded could start that right like in yeah. a year or two you could put out the odear source code and just say go nuts it's here
3: yeah we may actually um the programmer he 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 took some advice from one guy but there was a lot of advice on the internet about how to make a pseudo 3d game that was completely wrong yeah. and that uh, just put people down the wrong track so to speak and uh Uh-oh. yeah and and that's why you see so many of these so called pseudo 3D games that actually have a 3D track with like a filter on it because it's, it's actually hard to legitimately do it and also get like camera tilt and, and put a bunch of effects and things on it and keep the frame rate good and, and he had to do all these things. We are eventually gonna write about the code and just probably, uh, put it out there. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a weird kind of period of relearning for, uh, the coder. And then for me placing the assets, I was, I just couldn't imagine when people had to like actual act like Yuji Naka. What, he, he had to in order to make, um, what was it? Uh, Space Harrier run on the Master System. Master System. Yeah. Yeah. He had to just essentially since, since it couldn't do that many sprites, he had to make sprites of entire screens. And then just sort all the situations that could possibly arise, oh my essentially. God. So yeah. like a
2: Tiger LCD game, essentially.
3: Yeah, it was pretty much a Tiger LCD game, but it looked great. Like there's no way that that game could have been run on the Master System, but he found a way. And that kind of stuff is, I don't know, it's super awesome. Um, but in a way it's, it's more awesome because, because of the limitations and because people, uh, Like, if everybody knew about it, I guess we probably wouldn't be as excited about it. I don't know. Uh,
2: Well, I want to come back to the topic of, uh, when we do, like, the lightning round list of, like, ten best, you know, whatever bullshit, I want to come back to uh, pseudo 3D driving games. But this next question relates to that last one, um, because, Frank, you're currently involved in what is lately described as uh, game preservation. Am I right about this? Mm -hmm.
1: Sure, Uh, but that you that word is used so much that I started uh, saying restoration instead.
2: Okay, that's exactly mm. what I wanted to get at. Is there such mm-hmm. a thing as game preservation or is this like game social darwinism? Is this Yeah, just... there's t- <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah of course there's such a thing as video game preservation it's just preserving history right And preserving history is just uh taking things and making them safe and that, that's that's all preservation has to mean so video game preservation could be you know the the i don't know here i've got a copy of of, of of street gangs here for the nintendo which is the european version of uh of river city ransom like preservation is me like having this and dumping the rom on the internet
2: or like do they say lay barf in that or something <laughs> I, they
1: probably do i'm not sure um i it's, it's a funny, new bar I, for you i actually dumped this like 10 plus years ago and i just found it and i never sent it back to the guy um
2: but yeah
1: yeah pres- preservation is, is such a vague term but i mean are you kind of asking like well okay rephrase your question or ask a different one cause,
2: well what i'm asking know. is what i wanted to ask eventually was uh, what is the mega man collection you're working on what makes that Different than the last ten Mega Man collections, like what approach are you taking to make these properly restored? Is it just okay the way they display on screen and the way they play, or is there like some kind of fundamental workings inside that you're really dealing with?
1: So I have to, I have to kind of walk on eggshells a little bit here for for uh, well i ownership sorry. reasons yeah um but but I, I can answer that in, in some ways. Uh, so our approach with this is. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I put out the snooty press release that, that said something about the Criterion Collection of games. It's just, just to, you know, mostly get media attention. But really, our approach here is what were the games like at the time, and what was the artistic intent behind them? Uh, and I feel like if you look at something like Mega Man Anniversary Collection, is that what it was called? The 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 PS2 GameCube, yeah, I think so. Uh, GameCube, one, yeah. You know. If you look at that one, or 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 uh complete works which is the PS1 versions of the game uh those didn't have that in mind because I don't think they were you know thought of as as games that you you present the way they were uh those I think were how do we make these games uh you know run on modern hardware and be more palatable so those are those are sort of ported from source and and cleaned up and fixed and tweaked and, you know, they do things like add easy modes and, and eliminate sprite flicker and sort of put a metagame around the games, which we do a little bit of too. But, uh, you know, the, but that's how they approach it. The way we approach it is like, well, no, how do we replicate the, the, uh, the situation of uh, the, the situation of the typical person we'd have in 1987. Like, what would the game look like? So, you know, we're focused on. I just, I just two days ago finally finished uh, our, our freakishly uh, researched color palette based on how the human eye would perceive the colors coming through an NTSC filter on a monitor of that era. Like, you know, that like that's the kind of thing we're doing because there is no such thing as the NES color palette. But it's like, what colors were the artists likely seeing when they made the art at the time and how do we sort of uh tweak you know digital 1080p colors uh to, to look approximately like that right or like you know the the, the we do the whole scan line aperture mask grill filter thing on it too because we kind of feel like artistic intent wasn't these razor sharp pixels it was it was that um so that's approach to that and and a lot of that is because we we feel that just sort of porting old games or emulating them or whatever and, and sort of throwing them on a collection disc is, uh, is devaluing these games. And, uh, I think I said this, we were talking about Huffington Post before the show. Like, I think I said this in a Huffington Post interview that, that I feel like if there's, if there's a world where there's, you know where people will pay sixty dollars for a collector's edition of Casablanca on Blu-ray with a bunch of tchotchkes or whatever. Like I, I feel like that world exists if not now then very soon for something like a Zelda or even a Mega Man. So you know our our approach is to to uh, prove out the market for for uh, a premium tier of classic games and 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 treating them as if they were uh, you know a, a collector's edition for for. Uh, you know, for people who appreciate the, this artistic medium, as opposed to, you know, the the 50 cowboy movies for ten dollars on you get on DVD a big lot.
0: Love those.
2: So, so, does, so does this mean that uh, you have not changed Mega Man into a multi-ethnic background uh, transgender person?
1: <laughs> I, have, I have not changed Mega Man now. When when
3: you say oh, okay, video I'll game preserves, okay,
2: I'll have to update my 4chan thread on that. I'm sorry.
3: When when you say video game preserves, are you talking about like a jam? Yeah. 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 Uh, Boom. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, compote, so perhaps. Yeah, so. Like so we, we
1: take the original sprites, right, and we cover them in sugar, which yeah. actually sort of naturally brings out the the juices of them, and mm-hmm. and uh, jarring them is the hardest part. Yeah. yeah, I don't have you know a professional jarrer. I kind of have to you know be really careful about sterilizing everything. Got to buy tongs a funnel and
2: everything.
1: Yeah. And then put I mean, them anyway. In that's thing that's, really 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 my that's my pitch. Thanks th- th- but... thanks for letting me uh, thanks for letting me pitch, Joel. Exactly.
2: Oh, I, that's why I'm here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've completely lost my train of thought here.
3: That's
0: cool. I,
2: I think what we need to do is we need to transition back to something where Tim can get involved here because he needs to get out oh, yeah, his aggression. What's
0: up? Yeah, what's up?
2: What's up? And, uh, well, okay. Hold on, buddy. How's it going?
0: Okay. How's it going? <laughs> so <laughs>
2: So, uh, I would like to have the four of us wildly conjecture in a very irresponsible manner. Yeah. About, uh, what happened at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, as depicted by pricecharting.com.
0: Uh, PCDC.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you look up just about any, uh, retro game, air <laughs> quote right there, you can see a huge spike in that time period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what asshole on YouTube? Us four excluded because I believe we are broadcasting there right now. Um, what what individual is responsible for this, and uh, who can we blame? Okay, mm. so it, you're you're talking
1: about an overall shift and not in like specific titles,
2: right? Well, there's some specific titles. Like, I mean, obviously, I I took some notes. Little Samson. In 2011 uh, okay, so, it was so for all right so the, the
1: the biggest contributor to this is a site called Nintendo Age uh is it really? which yeah well i i think they started the the uh that that's a place that that sort uh, to me in my mind and and you're speaking to a person who has been on classic gaming in classic gaming communities since about 1998 right so like i've i've i've, I've been around and and that was the first one that i think sort of uh uh I mean, yeah, you know, Neo Geo Pocket. Uh But th- that's the first one that I think cultivated a community of investors. Uh, mm. The 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 the. And I'm, what I'm about not digital, that, press, though? digital press? There, uh, digital press in its heyday when it had an active community. And assembler an assembler well yeah that those weren't really investor communities though. those were more I knowledge like, seekers i feel I like felt. A, a
3: assembler was all about like check out this super rare thing that i found and it
1: is the rarest okay but the assembler forums were more about tracking down like development hardware and weirder stuff yeah. right like 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 penis comparisons there were were about i found the rarest weirdest thing whereas the really like, commoditize those yeah, and, and, and the difference between that and something on like Nintendo Age is that Nintendo Age sort of made a game out of completing the set, right? So Nintendo Age, yeah. uh, encouraged people to complete the set of every Nintendo game. And, yeah. and that's just when things started spiking because like, you know, humans are, are kind of simple-minded and they just kind of want, kind of want instructions, I think. And, and as soon as people were made aware that like, if you are a classic game collector, this is what you do. You get every NES game and these are the rarest ones go. Like I think that's the start of of uh speculation collecting and I think that and I think the timing makes sense for that. For it could games. be. I I definitely saw that that was happening with like uh
3: it it was happening with the Turbo Graphics around the same time and I think it was because if if there was some kind of general dawning on people that uh, you can collect a thing, and you should collect a thing. Turbo Graphics and and then later Saturn are like, well, okay, in the U.S. This is a fixed number of releases. Yeah. Yeah. You know how many there there are, and it's not thousands. It's hundreds. It's low lowish hundreds. So it's achievable for you to do this stupid thing. Uh, is I that why I was... you bought
2: a copy of Tushinden Remix recently? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> I've a uh, Toshinden Remix was a super fun uh, thing for me. I bought that because um, just I was thinking about Toshinden and thinking about quads on the Saturn and how they they moved it over. But then, oh, we're then gonna buying, that. The, yeah, we'll get to that. But then buying the two, uh, buying the sequel was was really something because the the sequel to Toshinden Remix, um, Toshinden Ura, is like. The Saturn sequel is a sequel to the Saturn game, and the PlayStation sequel is a sequel to the PlayStation game. So they look different. They have the same characters. They have similar music, but they're actually two different games based on two different things, which is completely ridiculous. But anyway, that's why I bought that because of because uh, I I don't know because I'm an idiot, but not not that kind of idiot. Just slightly different kind.
2: Of course. Well, it is crazy though. That game looks the URA version looks freaking incredible. Actually, I was going to bring that up when we got to the uh, low score yeah. boy video. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's amazing how when you program it from the ground up for Saturn, it actually looks decent as opposed to just horrendous.
3: Mm-hmm. And plus, that game, uh, they where, whereas Toshinden Two is kind of a bland and drab looking game. Toshinden URA is like. Neon Neo Tokyo extravaganza—it's uh, it's pretty pretty awesome.
2: So, th- I mean, this is such a passe topic because you know I could just rattle off prices. Like for example, when I moved last summer, I was packing up all my Genesis shit, and I just said like, okay, what is this worth now? Just out of curiosity. And so like Musha, which I thought was maybe a hundred bucks, it's like four or five hundred bucks. There's one that yeah. supposedly closed for seven seventy last Dang.
3: month. Dang.
2: I think that was probably shill bidding, but it was a little disturbing putting this into a truck and thinking, I hope it doesn't melt or, like, (laughs) or I hit a deer or something. Which almost (laughs) happened, but, um, you're specializing in that field there.
3: Yeah, that's, that's my, that's my area now. You know, I actually, when I was at, um, the California Extreme Arcade Expo, um, last time I went, which I guess was two years ago, there was a guy selling, uh, PC Engine and Turbo games, among other things, and I saw he had a copy of um, Magical Chase for uh, the PC Engine, so the Japanese version. Um, and he uh, he was asking like two fifty for it, and I was like, man, I just bought a copy of this for sixty bucks. And he's like, oh, that's that's a good price. And I'm like, yeah. And and I was like, and I bought the the original. I mean, I bought the US version for six dollars. And he's like, la- and he like dropped what he was holding. <laughs> he's like, you have it. And I was like, yeah, I've got that. And I was like, but it's just the cart. And he's like, I'll give you $2,000 right now, and you can just send it to me later. I was like, this is really weird. I don't know, I don't hey, know how to do it. You took it, I assume, there. right? No, I didn't, I didn't take it because <sighs> uh, I, I, I don't know. It freaked me out that that guy would even consider that that was a real thing he would do. One,
1: and again, to my point, that's the last one everyone needs to complete the set. Right. You know, the, the prescribed yeah. list. And and that's where I think this, the pricing starts.
2: That's the Mecha Akuma card from uh, Card Fighters Clash S N K version, essentially.
3: Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so okay,
2: with this passe topic out of the way, what is a game yeah. we're gonna play? a Little listing uh, shit here. So like, just rack your brain. What is a what is a game that basically sucks? Because that's why it's cheap. Nobody wants it. It's abundant. It's decent. You like it. But it's not going to be raking in money. What there's there's like 12 game? different
1: things you just said. So I know. What, uh,
2: whatever category works. What is a game that you would actually buy at a convention or off of eBay for like under $10 that would actually be worth owning that you would want to play? What is a game that fits that criteria? Uh, I'll just, just give an just, example for mine. Like I would say Super Godzilla on the Super NES.
1: All
3: right. You look, well, up, you
2: look up any YouTube review; it gets slammed. So, you're, are this you asking horrible. a
1: game that you actually can buy for less than ten dollars
2: that you should? Yes. That, that you should.
1: Ah, okay. Because the game that
3: I I was gonna say the game that I just bought, um, but I don't know if it's easy to get for less than ten dollars. I brought I bought Chris Kohler's loose disc only Japanese copy of uh, of Dragon Slayer. Because I wanted to hear the Japanese voices, but I didn't want to pay real money for it, uh, and I've got the U.S. version. Um, but that's that's not really the question. So, uh, well, I don't know if it's less than ten dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't really know my prices, but but I'm I'm gonna guess that Run Saber is less than ten dollars. Run da- Run Saber on the we'll on assume. the Super Nintendo. Um, I mean, why would it be more? Maybe it's maybe it is. I don't. It's probably like a million dollars now. Who knows? <laughs> um, well, if we
2: really knock the segment out of the park, it'll be before we, you know, before the week is up. We can raise the prices on all these games. But yeah, that's
3: right. Um, but that's see. Fun I'm games. trying to
2: use you to give me advice on what games I should buy <laughs> that will be entertaining enough to actually pay money for and pad out my collection.
3: Ranger X. Ranger. That is not ten dollars. That
2: is a weird ass game. Let's talk about Ranger it, it X. It is. It is ten
3: dollars, Frank. Really? No way. Well, it's the last times.
2: it's it's pretty cheap.
3: The last three times I bought it, it was it was uh, between <laughs> seven and fifteen dollars. I it is all 13. the times that I bought it,
0: seventy three for a loose cartridge right now.
3: Yeah, that's the so lowest I, price. The reason I bought it so many times is to give to other people who might not have it already. And Good. what did okay. they think of it? They all thought it was very interesting and that they wouldn't have been able to play it when they were kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, pretty I much everyone's liked that game. Oh, I could do it. I don't know what's going on when game. I can play <laughs> it. Again.
2: I can play it. Now. <laughs> the The six button control scheme, or is it a three button? Three the six, sure. buttons. six buttons.
0: Yeah, you got to control without the six. Y- yeah, yeah, but, but it's not, not as good. Yeah, but it's not really good at all without six buttons. It's really yep.
2: a shame because I've seen videos of like the level 4, level 5 whatever where you've got these incredible effects like you shoot the side of a skyscraper and the windows all just like cascade down.
1: Yeah,
3: it's nice. really cool. Okay,
2: is that the uh, is that the Mega Drive version? Oh, well, Brandon
1: is now holding up some yeah. cartridges. What do we got?
3: Yeah, I've got Ranger X and X Ronza. X Ronza is the Japanese version. So, there you go. But I bought this in Korea.
0: Oh, yeah. How much was it there? So-
3: it was um 5, won, so less than five bucks.
2: Yeah, that's not bad. Nah, not too bad. Are there at many all. exclusive Korean Mega Drive games?
3: There are a few that were released there are a few exclusive Korean Mega Drive games and also some that were only released in like Japan in Korea or Taiwan in Korea or something. Um there's this game called uh Donna which is Oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like Japan and Korea only. Um, but this is, this is the Korean version right here. But anyway, yeah, I, I would say Ranger X, that's, that's going to be mine. Um, I got a simple little recommendation,
1: which is for about five bucks, you can get Balloon Kid on the Game Boy. And, uh, Balloon Kid is the sequel to Balloon Fight that not that many people know about. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually more of a, you know, level by level adventure with boss enemies and stuff. Uh, and it's about five bucks and it's, it's not great, but it's a Nintendo made game. So it's at least of high quality and uh, you're going to get five bucks out of it.
2: Does Luna Ian know about this game? I feel like he would just have a seizure if he uh, didn't know about this and suddenly. Yeah, I think it. I think
3: he I think he's aware of it. That's another guy from our from our Neo Geo Pocket experience.
1: By the I way, I know I just I ate tacos with him not that long ago. Oh, that's very nice. Tim, Neo you Geo. got
0: one? What like a game that's under ten dollars? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody the truth. I went to Japan. Uh, yeah. Last yeah. I There last week. Yeah, I was there for eleven days. Guess how many video game stores I went to? Zero. Zero. Oh, maybe no. maybe the dream is dead because uh, I just I have not looked at video games in a very long time, uh, which yeah. is scary. Was, uh, I'm looking at metal. Was- like I remember somebody asked me on Ask FM a couple years ago to give them like ten games that they could buy for under a hundred dollars each, and oh, one yeah. of them was me- was Metal Warriors. <laughs> For the Super Nintendo, which was at that time oh, like $35. Uh, that yeah. was like three years ago. Now yeah. I'm seeing it loose cartridge $374.99. Like, Jesus. wow, how did that get so expensive?
3: It's really weird. It just like... Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, wow. I I went through and I put um, all my games in a list because, I don't know, it's a fun Sunday activity. And I was looking at some of them and I was like, oh yeah, I've got Street Fighter Zero 3 for the, for the Saturn. That's nice to have. And then I looked it up and it's like, oh, that's worth $300 now. And it's, it's kind of unsettling. Um, like I, I remember buying Ninja Five O on on the Game Boy Advance because.
2: At Fry's, right? For 20 bucks.
3: Yes. It was the Fry's sale. And, um, and, because people were like, this is a pretty cool action game, and uh, it feels very Hudson-y. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'm going to pick it up. So I got that. Now I got it in a box, and now it's it's like 700 bucks for that thing. Yeah.
0: That's like, what? Why? $700 for, for that little it, dinky little game. It's a good game. I like that game.
3: It's a good game, but like everybody just calmed down.
0: So e- eBay has just assisted me in finding a game that I would recommend for under $10. And it's for PlayStation 2. Is that fair? Are we allowed? That? That's yeah. fair. Okay.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: So there's a whole lot of those. So oh, raw, God. raw danger. Yeah. Zetai Zetsumei Toshi too. One of
1: that is the the last PS2 game I bought. One of the oh games man is
0: that absolute? Is that best. really ten bucks? it, it is nine ninety nine on oh because eBay right now. I actually right don't now. have it. I would I recommend it buying it. Now. It's a, buy it now for nine ninety nine. I did. feel
1: like I got it brand new for about that much, maybe fifteen on Amazon. Like you can still buy it on Amazon.
0: Yeah, yeah it, is, it. it is a beautiful, uh, amazing video game. It is everything. Okay,
1: it's, it's twenty, it's twenty one dollars on Amazon. I it is Who everything
0: people expect, uh, something like Shenmue 3 to be, except it's real, uh, it's done. It's been out for eight years. And uh,
3: everyone's blonde in it, right?
0: Oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> is
3: that, is that the one where everyone's blonde? I think, I think there one, in one of those that's, Zetsume Zetai Toshi games. uh, They made. What was the first one called? Disaster
0: Report. Oh, Disaster Report. Yeah, that's where they were. Raw Danger keeps it a little real. So, Disaster Report is about an earthquake that happens in Tokyo, right? Yeah. Raw Danger, the sequel, Zetai Zitsume Toshi 2, is about an earthquake that happens in Tokyo and how that causes a flood in a man made island off in the harbor of Tokyo during a party for the investors on Christmas (laughs) Eve. (laughs) Uh, And, like, so that level of specificity gives it this kind of incredible unparalleled depth. It is the video game of the future. Uh,
2: Kind of a diehard quality, almost.
0: Yeah, it's got a diehard quality, like, crazy in it. And, I mean, there's all these characters. There's politicians. There's... uh, Uh, You know, you play through the game multiple times as multiple different characters, and it's goofy as all heck. It's full of this soap opera-ishness. It is a game that in 10 years, everybody's going to pretend they loved it when it came out, right? Everyone's going to be like, yeah, a lot of people didn't play that game, but in 2007, yeah, I was there. I bought it, and I played it, and it was great. Like, everyone's going to pretend that they loved this game. In 10 years, TV. yeah. Do you think? Uh, but I did. Do you
3: think that we'll ever see a day when the third one comes out because it's done?
0: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, so. where is it? Uh, it's really so sad. So those dudes, all uh, Kazuma Kujo and his brothers, they formed yeah. uh, Grand Zella Games, which right? Makes and Play- they made
3: a bunch of uh,
0: PlayStation Home stuff, PlayStation Home items. Yeah. So yeah. real sad about all that, but Lord, Lord, that. Zetai Zetsumetoshi Meitoshi, 2 is just an amazing game. And it is $10 right now uh, in the bizarre limited-release Age Tech PS2 uh, English localization where everybody's name is American. Uh, and the game is hammy as heck and weird, but, yeah. Lord, it's, it's beautiful. It's it so does good.
1: require some... Uh... I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Suspension of blank, but suspension of something because it suspension. is very much a PS2 game. It is very yeah, sure. much
0: a PS2 game. It is a, it requires some suspension of expectation. I guess I would say. Sure. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the performance is just shriekingly bad. Uh, yeah. It the frame rate drops to like four. Uh, yeah. Very very frequently. The, uh, the
1: animation is typically kind of bad
0: and. and but. Yeah, yeah, but it's just got so much heart in the first yeah. 20 minutes. The-
2: Is that the next field of indie game development to, instead of going for the 8-bit aesthetic, to go for the PS2 nothing makes a damn bit of sense aesthetic?
0: No,
1: that's still expensive.
0: I, I think, uh, oh, damn. yeah, it's, it's gonna happen sooner or later, but, the idea of this being a game, it's an event game. It's a, it's about something that is happening, which is really, really neat. And it's kind of sad that there's nothing to really compare with it at the moment. I mean, there's no combat in the game. It's entirely yeah. about exploration, but you can die. So there's conflict. But the cool thing to remember is that like the same group of 13 people made zetai Zetametoshi too. 2 that made steambot chronicles or bumpy trot and they made them yes. at the same time so that's super just insane that they were able to do that uh love both of those games steambot chronicles however sixty dollars on ebay so, uh, no, people haven't caught on to yeah, Raw did... Danger yet. So grab it while you can. They will now. You better list did... at least five copies right now. <laughs> you might be did able to get the digital guys... version
1: on PS3, by the way. I think it's on there.
3: Uh, did I ever tell you guys about when I was in um, Texas? Japan? Oh no, uh, I was in Texas. Wow, why am the I the opposite echoing? of you guys Japan? No. Um. Okay. Good. Uh, anyway, I was in Texas and going around to uh, video game stores to see what they had, because yeah. why not, and I came upon a, what do they call it, Game Trader, it's one of those bigger chains out there. Play and um, Trade or something? Plane Trade, I think it might have been Play High and Trade. High Plains Drifter? Yeah, High Plains Drifter, and uh, Tokyo Drifter, High Plains Edition. High Plains and, Tokyo?
0: <laughs> Kanto and, Plains? Okay. This
3: was just like a your regular scrubbo uh, full of um, <clears throat> sports games nobody wanted anymore kind of place. But in the PS2 section, they just had basically every PlayStation 2 American release RPG limited release that existed. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all the things that were... That were the most expensive, the most unusual, all the, all the Atlas releases, all the Naponichi releases, all of the Bondi releases, there was a Gundam game that, uh, was going for 60 bucks and I was like, wow, this is really expensive. And then I looked on the internet and it was going for 100. Um, and so I asked the lady there, I was like, what's, what's the deal with this? What, did, did this all come from one guy? And she's like, yeah, there was this dude who came in, uh, with a, <clears throat> big stack of games. He said he used to work uh for a game company. She didn't really have many details. But uh he said he was getting married and his wife wanted all that stuff out of the house.
0: Blasted. Yeah.
3: And so How he he sold all of his uh prized PS two collection that was clearly meticulously kept like it was all in fantastic shape and he clearly had like a thing that he liked like he liked the real pure rpgs there wasn't a whole lot of moe nonsense in there um and uh and i was just thinking both of those people married the wrong person Uh, yeah boom oh
0: (laughs) speaking of real cool games uh according to ebay you can still find breath of fire 5 dragon quarter uh not new but uh with a box for less than $10 on eBay. And that's a game that as soon as Capcom releases it on some downloadable deal or whatever, or or just kind of like puts it on PC just unexpectedly, as soon as that happens, millions of people will pretend that they played it a long time ago <laughs> and they will want to buy it. And that game, yeah, still 10 bucks. That's another fantastic, beautiful video game that I would recommend owning
2: um, I just I want to quickly uh segue back to uh, Frank's comment and then back to you Tim um there are so many i, I for the longest time I just assumed that everything on game boy was shit yeah and as I've gone back through there are so many gems it's unbelievable and they're all practically worthless like you can even go into goodwill a lot of times and find stuff like uh the Donkey Kong game for game boy just yeah unbelievable yeah Donkey Kong's great.
0: I love Donkey Kong. Oh, I just donkey Kong incredible. 94, you mean? Yeah. As we yeah, call yeah. it, yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah. from. That's right. Yeah, and, we call um, it DK94. Just...
1: Yeah, you got the special right, edition right. In, in Indiana, right? Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah the Indiana. Extra Donkey. Uh, the extra, Came with the so, real donkey. The, the, the regional localized version for Indiana. Yeah, the extra Donkey
0: edition. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> the extra and,
0: Donkey.
2: You know what's even cooler... You know what's even cooler than buying Game Boy games in Indiana is buying them in Japan at Super oh, Potato boom. because you have to get the guy with, like, a side cutter to go and cut them down. He has to actually, like, harvest them
0: yeah. from the produce tree. from the rack. Yeah, they're in these little tiny plastic uh, drug bags just kind of hanging off the wall. And
2: then they're, they're zip-tied to the wall. Yeah, they're just
0: so um, little drug bags up there.
2: Yeah,
3: Yeah, and it's a problem when you forget which one you were looking for and then you go ask the guy (laughs) and you come back and then you're like, I don't know, it was somewhere in here. Uh, You get like a wall of a hundred games and you've completely forgotten which one you were looking at.
2: And then you get nervous and you just rattle off about five of them that you didn't want to buy (laughs) just so you don't upset him.
0: (laughs) And then you have a whole bunch of games that you don't
2: want. Yeah which is the way it is generally going to Japan as we all know cuz we've all been to Japan right you haven't yeah, been no nope. for have frank
0: you? Joel Hamilton you've never been to Japan you liar, liar. how oh. <laughs> did me i had a good time with down. that joke uh, i don't know have you been so there?
2: i i have to ask was your uh which you won't tell me of course was your photo uh adventure was that some kind of like quasi Shenmue experience was this to like show like sh- the reality we should maybe ex- of the reality? explain
3: what that adventure was first
2: I'm sorry well it was pictures of drinks it was just oh beverage. yes you, was- you walked 100 yards and you bought a beverage and then presumably you drank it on the spot because in Japan as you one of the things that Shenmue actually really did me a favor with was mm-hmm. it informed me of the fact ahead of time that there are no garbage cans anywhere oh yeah
0: yeah except right next to the vending machines
2: so that's why you drink it right there
0: yeah so what I did was, when I was in Japan, uh, uh, I'll explain how this happened. It started as a... Uh, me and uh, Michael Kerwin, uh, a programmer at Action Button Entertainment, every day at exactly 3 p.m., I, st- I have an alarm go off on my computer that plays a song from a commercial from 2002 from Japan, uh Gogo no Kocha, uh, It's 3 p.m. Song by Aya Matsuda. And And... Uh, it's this joke is very convoluted because she's wearing a giant chicken suit that has a clock on it that says three p.m. and uh, every day at three p.m. we go to Seven Eleven and we get you know we get cups of coffee or whatever you know. So I said that my plane was arriving at Tokyo at two ten p.m. and that I, that would put me through customs and it would get me to have my rental phone by three p.m. And that I would take a picture of my hand holding a beverage in front of a clock at exactly 3 p.m., which I did do. Not only that, it was the tea from the commercial. And uh, so I did that, and then I just kept doing it. I just kept taking a picture of my hand holding a beverage after buying it. I gave myself 30 seconds to take a picture of the coolest thing I could. Uh, And then I ended up taking just a couple dozen photos of Japanese beverages. And racking up hundreds and hundreds of Instagram likes, uh, it, and it, calories. <laughs> yeah, it reminded yeah, lots me. Of calories. It, it
3: reminded me of how much you and the internet enjoy brands.
0: Brands, yeah. Well, uh, it ended up being of what I think is a legitimately interesting social media experiment because, uh, like, all, it just I kept getting the same comment every time from different people. Uh, and the comment was uh along the lines of, Is that all you're doing in Japan <laughs> drinking beverages and it's like no all that all all I'm sharing about my trip to Japan is the beverages I'm drinking, and you are equating what I'm sharing with what I'm doing that that I'm just sitting in a dark room between Instagram posts that uh i I go all right, it's gonna be Uh, a mitsuya cider in a bathroom and then i run out of the room and find the nearest mitsuya cider machine or maybe i google maps the nearest asahi vending machine i run get a mitsuya cider run into the nearest bathroom and take a picture then i run back to the dark room like it's kind of it, it ended up being really interesting that that was the comment i kept getting and it's like well what what you share is
3: who you are now so that's
0: it exactly what you share is officially who you are according to most people. And it's like I was doing plenty of stuff. Don't worry, guys. Uh, I, I did plenty of stuff in Japan. It's just I only took pictures of beverages. Uh, and some of them I had a real good time with. I'm looking down my Instagram feed now. I got like this sprite in front of a sunflower. Like uh, That's kind it's of a cool, a cool uh, juxtaposition because there's like yellow and green on the sunflower. Yeah. And then there's yellow and green. Well, on we, the... we
2: did extrapolate that you uh, didn't go to any video game stores. So,
0: Yeah, didn't go to any. So, yeah, take a look at that one I just linked in there. How cool is that? I don't know. Oh, you didn't see the link? No, I'm a... It no, disappeared I can before there. I could get it, yeah.
3: I'm yeah. looking yeah. at it. And then All see right. the see the
0: first comment. <laughs> Someone's got a drinking problem. Every single one. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> why are you drinking so many beverages, man? It's great. Yep. So <clears> because it's the... hot there. Is that why? Yeah, it was you put also a lot of uh,
3: put a lot of thumbs ups in those yeah. beverage photos as well. Well,
0: because I didn't want my thumb to be obscuring the drink. No, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so I quickly want to ask, what was
2: the best brev- uh, beverage? And then we will move on to the closing stretch. We just got to quickly talk about the greatest. You thing mean the breast beverage? The oh, breast beverage.
0: Oh man, I'm looking at some of these are pretty good. I want to write up a thing about them, but uh, the best beverage I had was. Uh, I was really – okay, so there were two that have to be named separately because they were so good and they were so different. Um, one was the Coca-Cola uh, coffee brand Georgia, the Georgia Zaytaku Namakurima no Cafe Ore. The uh, Georgia Luxurious Whipped Cream Cafe ole, uh was extremely good. It had like this smoky flavor to it. Uh, It was, like, kind of a mind-blowingly good coffee in a bottle. Uh, And it was just ice cold. It tasted real good. I convinced uh, Matthew Kumar to drink one, and uh, he said it made him sick because the cream was so rich. So (laughs) that's kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. it's cool that it made a dude sick. But, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that drink. Uh, But then the one that was, like, the legitimately best – there's the Zaitaku Nama Cream Cafe Ole. The one that was legitimately the most surprisingly best drink that I would drink all the time was... Mitsu Cider. Uh, no, well, Mitsu Cider is cool, but uh, the Kidding Sekai no Kitchen Salty Lime Soda, which is a, a break-off variant of their Salt and Fruit, uh, which yeah, is we- their health drink... <clears throat>
3: We had that salt and fruit a couple of times.
0: Yeah, me and Brandon, we we dug salt and fruit. Salt and fruit has been renamed, uh, salty lychee.
3: Uh, and then wait, no, that was a different flavor. They they had both of them, or was that just a transition? No, no, period? it was.
0: They were transitioning from one name to another. It has now fully uh. transitioned to salty lychee. So I just right. linked the pic of salty lime soda. Salty lime soda was, uh, there's a lo- like you can really taste the salt in it. It's a lot of salt, and it's a decent amount of lime, and it's, like, no added sugar. Uh, Well, sugar's on there, but it's, like, the bottom ingredient. There's barely any sugar. (laughs) Uh, It was really, really good. It's, like, an extremely subtle, like, adult Sprite. Uh, I think, Brandon, you would like it a lot. If you're you're in Japan soon, uh, definitely, definitely check it out. It's really good.
3: I'll be there in September.
0: Oh, baby, me too. So That sounds awesome. Let's drink so one Japan. together. All right. Yeah. yeah. Salty lime soda. It's so a- I think
2: the last thing that we have here uh, before people need to eat dinner, if they mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. Dinner sucks. Is, well, it kind of does, but... There was a video uh posted by Low Score Boy, I guess. I'm not familiar with this guy. Brandon, maybe you are.
3: No, he's that 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 posting of that video was my first awareness of the, of him. I think he started existing 5 months ago.
2: Okay, well this guy is awesome already because he examined the um VDP 1 and 2 functions of the Sega Saturn and answered just a shitload of questions about what the rendering capabilities are and uh Somebody want to... I guess, Brandon, you're the only one that's seen this, right?
1: Yeah, so basically... Well, Brandon emailed reactions. it to me. So I, I'll, I'll have my side of the story here. Brandon emailed this link to me uh, It's a must-watch. Maybe the although, day before. And, yeah. and I filed it away in my head uh, in the okay, I should check back on that later because I'm busy right now category. And that's where it remains right now. Okay, okay.
3: well, I'll, I'll tell you why you should watch it. It's, it's, this, uh, it's this dude in China who... Uh, was just super interested in figuring out how the Saturn did 3D and whether the, the long held assertion that the Saturn cannot do transparency was true. And he opens up by showing you Mega Man X4 in which there are, <clears throat> like, dithered mesh, uh, spotlights going back and forth. And then he's like, but wait let's go a couple more steps over here and we'll see a fully transparent tunnel. What's the deal? And so Which that's was awesome
2: I s- because I just have to interject that I played that yeah. game for the first time. I'd had it ever since it came out. I finally decided, well, maybe it won't suck. And I saw that tunnel and I was like, what the hell is going on here? But anyway, I okay, go yeah. ahead.
3: Yeah, so he basically explained, uh, and I can't totally do it myself, of course, but that <clears> that um, one of the one of the video processors can do transparency and one of them is for other stuff and so um you could do transparency but you had to do it in a like in a background layer or if you had a background layer then you could do transparency but it would only show through to the background and like any other sprite would be as though you had made it invisible and you could just see through whatever like clear cloak or whatever you had on through to the background. So that's why it was mostly, you know, shadows and stuff. But it also explained a thing which is kind of blew my mind that um, 3D on the Saturn is essentially sprites with perspective. Um, and so <clears throat> one of the reasons that the Saturn wasn't so great at 3D is because it had these two processors, but only one of them was, was able to really do... Uh, 3D processing. It had the because it was the sprite render. Um. Anyway, this this video was super revelatory for anybody that's ever been interested in the Saturn, and also explains why there's <clears throat> very rarely 3D, um, 3D transparency in the game, even though it can do it. I, I mean, in games like Sonic R, in the The final stage, the whole thing is transparent, this huge transparent runway that you're on top of. But, um, if you were to try to put transparency over a character, you would just see through them to the background. Um, so that's why that didn't happen that way. Anyway, it was, it was great. He like had effects that he turned on and off and stuff so you could actually see like the different components of what's being rendered by what, with, um, Burning Rangers and stuff, so, yeah, it was...
2: That That was insane.
3: It, like, it basically put to rest the discussion that was happening in schoolyards across America in 1997 <laughs> and 1998, where people are like, PlayStation's way better because it could do transparency, and then people with Saturn are like, yeah, but it can do 2D games, and people are like, who cares about that? Street Fighter, though, and then, et cetera. Uh and uh and then you'd be like well all the best games are from japan anyway and people are like that's stupid. So uh <laughs> yeah this 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 dude's video pretty much just explained it all clarissa style. uh um, and and i i highly recommend that everyone watch it.
2: Yeah, he he really laid it down and it actually um supported some conjecture that i had seen about why Castlevania Symphony of the Night is so bad on Saturn is because the um prioritization of those VDPs to actually, uh, the, the I guess it's the VDP two that produces transparencies, like legitimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was assigned to the menus, like you know, the interface. Yeah, for the transparent boxes, and, and that's they all needed it was that doing. one. To, they, yeah, they exactly. That's literally all it's doing. Yeah, it's not rendering background effects. It's not doing anything else.
3: Yeah, and so like the the really clever games would take. Uh, they would do transparency and then uh, cache it in v- in virtual RAM and then send it to the other processor to execute, um, which was uh, crazy fancy. Like, if everyone had figured that out, like if Sega had figured that out at the beginning <laughs> and then had documentation, we would have seen a very different Saturn world out there. But it kind of speaks to how I always felt like Saturn games were a little... Extra weird and pushing some things in strange directions because people had to necessarily think super differently in order to make games for it.
2: Yeah, the end. It could just be me reading into it, but um, it kind of adds an emotional aspect when you see that here was this system that was not really controlling the market, and you saw the great lengths that people had to go to to produce these effects. And it makes the game seem a little bit more like a labor of love if you actually look at it in that sense.
3: Yeah, or it could be a labor of hate because maybe these were just a bunch of dudes employed by this company that was like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to make a Saturn game because it might pick up and then they're just like, "Geez, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah, could get, could go either way.
2: Well um let's let's pretend it was the other way and let's close this out with uh, what are some examples of shockingly good looking Saturn games that you would not expect? Ones that people probably haven't played.
3: Um Battle Arena Toshinden URA is definitely one. I was going
2: to I was going to name that one.
3: Yeah. Um I don't know, Frank. You don't have a lot of experience in this department,
1: I guess. Very okay? little, very very little Saturn experience. I had um, Nights and uh, God, I don't even remember. I had I had Symphony of the Night, which I bought from Tim when he moved to Japan. Boom! Oh yeah. Uh,
2: and um, now it's worth mega
1: bucks. <laughs> I
3: would say I another. I don't, don't even remember what else I had. So no, I have no. <laughs> um, Amuck, Amuck is a surprisingly good-looking video game in a way because it's all voxel backgrounds. They didn't use. Uh, they primarily did not use 3D, they used voxels for terrain, and that was pretty interesting. Um, what else have we got that's surprisingly good-looking? Oh, I would say, um, Sonic R is one, because they, instead of, uh, pop-in, they actually made transparent backgrounds that would fade in, and that was pretty cool. Um... I'm just I'm just going through my discs over here.
2: Well, do you have a game called Ninpen Monmaru, which you can kind of extrapolate is a ninja penguin game?
3: Yeah, I actually don't have that one.
2: Have you seen it? No. Somebody go on YouTube and look at this game sometime because it's shocking. You you load it up and you think, okay, this is like a Crash Bandicoot style. We've condensed the playfield down into such a small area that we can have really high fidelity graphics.
3: Ah, I see. But it, cool. then you
2: start moving around, and it's not like that. It's like Mario sixty four almost.
3: And I would say that um, that initial D is actually surprisingly good looking on the Saturn because since it takes place entirely at night, <laughs> it, it, it like the pop in is hidden. So it's like one of the best, fastest looking racing games. It actually is looks. And plays much faster than the PlayStation version because for the PlayStation version they they tried to you know like expand it a bit and have it during the day, and they were rendering way more uh, polygons than the Saturn was rendering pr- uh, quads because they were doing it in the darkness, so that worked well.
2: Yeah, that's uh, the crazy that thing about this guess. Ninpen Monmaru is that it's got like actual blue sky and it's got a really far draw distance. It's actually reminiscent more of like. Uh, Jumping flash because you can go really high up in the air and you can still see maybe like ten layers of platforms below you at some point.
3: Oh man, that sounds great.
2: So it's it's nuts.
3: And then meanwhile, Virtua Racing looks surprisingly terrible. Uh, Boom. Because the the 32X and Genesis ones looked pretty great, and then the Saturn one just has these insane loading times to make the game much worse. Do you have GT twenty four? Yeah, I got it.
2: Did you ever pop that in?
3: No, I haven't. I I only got it very recently at a uh Game World in San Jose.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. Where is it that? Was, it
3: was it was just sitting there. They had a they had a couple um Saturn games that were they had Gungriffin 2 and they had GT24 and they were they were like 5 bucks cuz oh, wow. nobody had ever asked for them before.
2: Gungriffin 2, that's another phenomenally solid kind of it, it almost looks pointillistic. It's got like such a nicely uh, gradated, like, pixely look to it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Those weird games on the Saturn. So, everybody listening at home, just buy all those and you'll be all right.
2: Yes, yeah. and I can see Frank and Tim are enthralled with this topic, so I think we'll uh, close it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that was episode it,
1: 102. That was Instagram episode 102.
2: And yeah, deal with it. Yeah, will we ever be back? Who knows if I'll be back. You guys will certainly not have me back, but uh, maybe you'll be back <laughs> another time.
0: Cool. Uh, so uh,
1: what, what do we usually do? Uh, we, follow us on Facebook at what? IC Podcast? Something like that? Yeah. Something like that. And
0: then then uh, follow us on Twitter by uh, searching our names. I'm yeah. uh, 108 on Twitter. Uh, I have more than 10,000 followers now, so Oh. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Follow us on the sex offender registry, I, and I, I, uh, work. I now need eleven thousand, so I need your vote to reach eleven yeah, thousand. Right. Are you having a contest for that uh, eleven thousand? I 12? got my K. <coughs> I just what sneezing. <coughs> I just yeah. sneezed a couple of huh? times. I turned my uh. microphone up. <laughs> yeah, I got my K on Twitter, so it now says ten K. So nobody knows how many followers exactly I have.
3: Oh, nice. Unless they like oh, mouse
0: yeah. over and hover and wait for it to show up. I want up. a K. Yeah, maybe someday, kid. Dang it. Blasted. Insert credit show. Over, yeah! Bye! Good night, everybody. Good night, bye-bye. I'm going to turn this off, bye. Okay, bye.